What's up, everybody? It's Sam with Rowdy Alternative, and today we got a special treat here. We got uh, two of the two of the boys from Revelry. Uh, fantastic band. I've known these guys for a while now. Good to finally make this happen. We got uh, Dane Lovern, who uh, bassist, and uh, we got Red Bird on guitar. How you boys doing? Good, uh, man. What about you? Uh, you know, just chilling in the cold-ass weather, ready for it to be summer again. Always. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, you guys been busy? What's been going on with y'all? Yeah, man. Uh, we've been busy, kind of in a in a different way. Uh, I guess most of the beginning of 2023, we were super busy on the road and all that. Uh, there towards the end, uh, kind of wanted just to get in the studio. So we did that. <clears throat> Started working on our first EP. So that's done and all that. So when I say busy, yes, <clears throat> we've been busy working, but not so much busy as playing shows in the last few months, but all, all for good reasons. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we'll get into your upcoming EP later on, but I guess first, just for people who, who don't know you, I'm sure people know you a lot around like Nashville and like, or even like, a, you know, around where we live, this tri-state kind of deal we got going on. But for people like out in Texas who listen, who don't know you and shit. So uh, let's start with some uh, house cleaning questions here. Uh, how did, uh, you guys first meet, meaning like the whole band, not just you two, but like how did it come to form? Uh, I guess we'll both answer this. Uh, yeah. So me and Zach originally met. Zach's the singer for Revelry. Um, and me and him met uh, in Murfreesboro, our hometown, I want to say eight years ago. Yeah, we were, we were 21. We had just turned 21. And me and Zach met. Um, and just so happened he was looking for a guitar player. I was looking for a singer kind of thing. Um, so we kind of just made this little acoustic thing called King and the Rebel, and we jammed that for a few years. Uh, <clears throat> I honestly was still kind of building my chops, because uh, I was fairly new to music. Um, and then Zach, of course, had been doing it for a while, but so we kind of both helped each other and all that. And then by the end of college, uh, we were just wanting something more, uh, more than just acoustic cover gigs in our hometown kind of thing. Um. So I had met Red through college at MTSU. <clears throat> so one night I told Zach, man, I was like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go check Red, Red's thing out. Uh, so we went to one of his shows and I introduced myself to Red and switched numbers and stuff. We watched his show and we, we loved it. And that was that was first time we met. And that's also when I met jay the other guitar player in the band because he was part of red's project um red i guess you can bounce off that and talk about how you and jay met and yeah me and jay met in like uh i don't know third grade probably and uh we were friends just growing up as kids and then when we were 13 uh we both got guitars and started learning to play uh, and we just kind of learned from each other and taught ourselves how to play so really as long as i've been playing guitar i've been playing guitar with jay uh so that's well over half my life now yeah. um so yeah i moved to murfreesboro when i was probably 20 years old and uh just on my own didn't know anybody here and started doing things on my own and then when i started uh to to play music out live i invited jay to come play with me and uh Fast forward a year or two of doing that, we get to where we're at in Dane's story. Yeah, so so then we, we had a little jam, and it was me, Red, Jay, Zach, and this other cat, uh, Lucas, that played drums for Red, kind of came on with us. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, did that, and things just clicked, and so we started doing original stuff along with the cover gigs still, and that was back November 2019, we played our first show together. Um, and then don't quote me on this, but I want to say Cruz, our new drummer has been in the band for, I want to say a year and a half, might be two years now. Almost two. I think it's, yeah. I think March is two years. Um, and Cru Cruz was just a mutual friend of mine through people here in Murfreesboro. And, uh, so one thing led to another Cruz was in the band and it's been like that. And that's kind of the way we plan for it to stay. Cruz is a powerful drummer and all that. 
But yeah, yep. man, Murfreesboro, for those that aren't familiar, it's MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. It's right south of Nashville. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how we got started. Hell yeah. So like it, when I first saw you guys live, it was fantastic show. Live show's amazing. It's energetic. It's electric. And uh, Red, when you said that you, uh, you and Jay were playing together for so long, uh, as well as all the band, the whole band's very tight, but but you two like trading off like on solos, whatnot. It's clear that yeah. you guys are really, you know, you guys are really tight together. So yeah, when years of history and chemistry there. Yeah. So when you guys uh, and Dane and Zach, uh, when you guys first got together to form what is now Revelry, was that like, how did that gel at first? Was it like immediate or did it take time to really connect? It was pretty pretty organic immediately. Um, I think we we all come from similar backgrounds and we all have similar taste in music and uh, there's a lot of overlap with our inspirations and our idols. So it it came on pretty quickly. It felt just uh, very natural from the first get go. <laughs> when you asked that, I kind of shook my head no. Um, <laughs> it- the way he said it, yes, it came together. But also, the very first time we got together, I had a guitar. Zach had a guitar. Oh, I yeah. had a guitar, and Jay had a guitar. <laughs> and there was no drummer. <laughs> and so that's when I was like, "It was like this is dope, and I, I want to do a something." Bunch of guys wanting to play solos. <laughs> too many strings. So uh, after seeing Red and Jay rip and how they, f- you know, fed off of each other. I was like, hey, I'm playing bass. I'm playing bass. bass. Let's let's do something. So I went and bought a bass. And yeah, that was, like I said, 2019. So right over four years. We're we're like four years and three months right now. So so it did work, but it didn't. Just some things had to be switched around. And How how was that learning curve switching the bass? Was it difficult or did you pick up on it pretty quick? uh, Well, luckily for bass, you know, it's just two less strings. Uh, Yeah. Same tunings and everything, because uh, <clears throat> I play a four string. Um, so the learning curve there wasn't that hard. I kind of knew where I was. I had the dexterity and all that from playing guitar. The hard part was the approach and the technique to it, and the way um, you know I perceived songs that I was listening to or songs that I'm creating. Um, <clears throat> you can't play it like a guitar player. There are some songs I do play it like a guitar player, but you know it's still. It's just it's just a different approach, but it, it, I mean, it expanded my music musical mind up a lot, and it's made me a better a better musician. So super glad for that. Yeah, right on. Um, so when I first got connected with you guys, man, I guess it was when Dirty first came out, and um, oh, yeah. by now that's probably been what like three years. Might have been <laughs> even longer than that. I don't know. I think it was just three years, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but the it's still it's funny as hell to me that there's like a comment when the write up went out. It said uh, Wallen Van Fleet, and <laughs> yeah. uh, that that just yeah. stuck yeah. with me. And that I was thinking about that today. And uh, if because the picture like that we used for that, it had all you guys standing. And if you think about it, like at least from a perspective from like me, like a fan and audience member, it's like. These guys all have their own style, not only how you dress. Because, like, at least from my point of view, you got, like, Dane, you dress like you could be a Motley Crue. Red, you dress like you could be in, like, the Sex Pistols or some shit. So yeah. it's, like, the style differential uh, was um, in, like, different inspirations, maybe. Do you think that uh, when it comes to the creative process, when you, like, form together a song, does do you guys bounce ideas, like, I guess your inspirations or what you guys individually like, do you guys bounce that off each other to make it more of like a diverse kind of thing? I think it kind of comes subconsciously really more than anything. It's it's really not something we like openly discuss. It's just kind of something that happens because, you know, I play the way that I play and he plays the way that he plays. And so when we have a song, a new song or something that we're learning together, it's just, that's how it comes out. Um, so yeah, it's funny. Zach, I keep coughing. Uh, sorry, smoke <laughs> too much. Um, Zach, he's responsible for most of the lyrics, okay, for the songs that we're putting out. So it's funny how the songs come together because 
trying to think of an example um, of a song. Well, Dirty, for example, just take Mm -hmm. Dirty. Uh, When when it was initially written, uh, very country, and I I still consider it country, but the way it transforms from when Zach brings it to us, that's how those techniques and inspirations come into play because by the end of that session, it may come in as a country song, but it leaves a hard rock song or a Southern rock song or Mm -hmm. a country rock song. So that's, once it gets kind of thrown onto the table, then we don't really try to stick to where it was when it started. We just kind of focus on where it ends up. And I think that with Cruz's heavy, like heavy metal drumming Mm -hmm. background, the Skinner seventies vibes, the eighty the eighties vibes, all that goes into play and then comes out a revelry song. Um, and so yeah, subconsciously, but yeah. yeah. So like, do you guys, yeah. Do you guys uh, believe in the whole like? It's becoming more prominent today that the genre lines are like bending. Like if you look at, I know you guys know Co Wetzel is. So like, yeah, if you look at him, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's Texas country." It's not fucking Texas country. It's, it's rock and roll. Sometimes yeah. even more than that, like grunge almost. Do you guys look at that, like, from your perspective, like, that don't matter? Or do you try to stay in one lane? I mean, I, I think so. Uh, to an extent, um, we have songs that you you could hear on a country playlist. We have songs you could hear on a rock playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's a good thing uh, that you don't have to feel like you're stuck in a box exactly. Um you know, there are certain stylistic choices that we make that, you know, because we have we have a sound. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you think that sound is, you know, some rock and country or some country rock or whatever, <laughs> like it doesn't. We are who we are. We are Southern guys, and yeah, you can't take that out of any element of that. You know, we wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's in my mind there's good music and bad music. So it's like yeah. just try to make the best music we can and however people perceive it, it's how they perceive it. Um Yeah. <clears throat> I listen to so many genres too, so it's like I can't even Yeah exactly. say I have a favorite genre. So um yeah. Good music and bad music is my answer to that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh it, it's a quick it just made me think of another little thing that happened. I was I think uh, it was when you guys put out that old song. I think it was Tore Up. It's been a couple years now. And um, yeah. and uh, my I was playing it in the car. I was with my, my dad. And and it took him until the end of the song. He's like, I never heard that Skinner song before. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hold on. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, and if you think about it, like, do you guys get compared a lot to, like, other bands and like as i'm sure you do but like as does that do you take offense to that i'm sure some people do some people don't it's kind of interesting how how certain artists think about that if it depends on the band they're comparing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's like seems to be people's favorite thing to do no matter who you are like any musician people want to come up and be like oh man you sound just like so and so and it's like Thanks, I get like you know it's like I, <laughs> you always want to sound like yourself. Yeah, but yeah, like Dane said, if they're gonna compare us to somebody, at least they're picking good bands. Yeah, it's kind of right hard on. to hide the Skinner Skinner influences uh, in us. I mean, have you seen? If, look at Jay. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. He's a walking <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's. Oh no, we've got we've gotten some crazy ones and we've gotten some yeah. good ones. <laughs> the, the worst is every night Zach gets told he looks like Morgan Wallen. So Yeah. Other, yeah, than, yeah. That, other than that comparison, we usually get pretty good ones. So not that oh, Morgan yeah. Wallen's bad, just <laughs> yeah. we like um, Right. Um hopping back a bit here, uh you guys are from Murfreesboro and uh I'm just curious because you guys are, I've never heard of fucking Murfreesboro until I met y'all. And then now as like, I've been meeting other people, like some more are coming from out of there. Is there like a, is there like a music scene, like significant music scene out of there? 
music school, I guess. The music scene's kind of it's kind of weird here. Once you're out of yeah, once you're out of college, the scene is not as alive. When you're in school, there's a pretty decent scene there. I think it gets a little bigger every year because yeah, there's a great uh, music program at MTSU for songwriters or music business uh, recording industry. So you get a lot of interesting folks from all over there at the school that are here for music. You can learn a lot in Murfreesboro, but there's not a lot of money to be made in Murfreesboro. Um, Venue-wise, we've got – there's a venue that we frequent a lot. It's where we shot uh, the Dirty Music video at. We play it a lot. It's called Main Street Music um, down there off the square in Murfreesboro. But other than that, there's – you know, you have your little hole-in-the-wall – bars and stuff but they don't want you know they want to pay a hundred bucks for three hours you know it's just yeah stuff that doesn't make sense so so you have a bunch of no-name acts that are really grinding it out playing for pretty much free beer and then you have that one one venue but i wish there was a lot more venues there's a venue called hop springs um but those are that's artists like you know like travis tritt like mm-hmm. established artists or like big artists that are on the decline in their career uh, where they're not playing arenas and stuff anymore. There's that. So that, that, that place isn't really suitable for where we're at in our career right now. Um, But yeah, so the music scene, it's there. It's just, it's not like, it's not when, when you say music scene, it's not like Nashville, like people think Nashville where you can just go play anywhere. There's not many spots to play. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) Okay. So speaking of Nashville, uh, like Ray's Rowdy's based out of Nashville. So like I hear all the time from Nick and all of them about all these new bands. It's hard to keep up with. They're, you know, in and out all the time. So like with that giant, and I know you guys play there. So with that giant pool of all these uh, musicians playing everywhere, how's the, is the competition pretty like heavy out there? How, how do you deal with that? It's a very saturated market. <laughs> uh, I think we're, yeah. You go ahead. Uh, uh, the competition, there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of talented people in Nashville trying to make it. No, no, no doubt about that. Uh, and I may be biased when I'm saying this, but if I, I can't really name one band that's like art. I mean, there's a few, but... It's not like the country scene. We're kind of shooting for the Southern rock thing and the rock, whatever you want to label it. Um, and I don't see a lot of bands personally in Nashville doing what, what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. As in for John, like, and we just said we don't really do genres, yeah. but for that vibe, yeah. um, it's a lot of the singer songwriters. Um, pretty much us and hippies and cowboys. Hippies and <laughs> yeah. cowboys. As far as I know. And then, you know, like some what I think of our competition would be like them dirty roses and stuff, which are really good friends of ours and all that. But none of those are really Nashville bands. Um, but you do have a lot of talented people here and making waves. It's just, it's in the, the pop, the popular country side of it, the singer songwriters side of it. So I don't think of a lot of people as competition out there, um, in the grand scheme of things they are, but I just try to make, friendships and relationships anywhere i can try to keep it friendly there might be one or two bands in uh, out there that we could call competition but i'm not gonna start anything (laughs) (laughs) hey say whatever say whatever you want man you're good (laughs) we don't censor over here (laughs) (laughs) so that it's weird uh, but i think it's a blessing in disguise because it's easier to stand out and be different. Uh, we do a lot of whiskey jams and stuff, and it seems mm-hmm. like every time we go up there, we're we're always the outcast band. Is in like it's like everybody's in this categories and country or whatever, and mm-hmm. then then we've got revelry playing that night too. So yeah, thing. But it's not a bad thing, and it's no, no hate on any of the things. Right, and uh, Red, you kind of said it before. Uh, uh, Dane started, but the oversaturation, uh, that, that it's kind of funny because like, I, I know a lot more of the Texas and like Oklahoma scene 
versus the Nashville scene. And it's kind of like that over there, man. Like, I, I don't feel like you can escape that. Uh, just with like, if like one fad starts, like if it, like the, like I said earlier, the rock fad is going on right now in Texas. So everyone wants to do that, whether they're at that level where they could be like co or, or like, you know, them guys who like make it work and are good at it or not, mm-hmm. they do it anyway, which is hard to weed out the good ones. Uh, no hate to anyone. But yeah. So is that, uh, is that something you guys keep in mind? You guys don't feel, I don't seem like you guys follow trends. That's not what I'm saying. I, I just mean like, do you yep. see that like a lot? And are you ever like pressured to be like, maybe we should try this out. Everyone else is doing it. I mean, I don't think so really. Uh, when you said that, I literally, I think those words came out of my, my mouth a week or two ago. But <laughs> was in terms, yeah, in terms of like promoting music and stuff, maybe, yeah. But as far as the composition, I think we stay pretty true to ourselves. Because yeah. like you said, it is usually pretty easy to weed and pick out who's doing this authentically and who's doing this. It's the same thing we saw a few years ago when all these country singers started putting 808 beats and stuff on their music. Yeah. Like it's not cause you necessarily think that sounds good. You're just doing it cause everybody else is doing it and it's selling. Right. You know? So it's like, I think a lot of the people are doing that now with the double kicks and the heavy metal guitar tones. It's like people like Co and stuff like they, they like that music and they broke the mold kind of with that sound. And then now I've, all these other guys are coming in saying, Oh, that works. Let's do that. That's not something I would ever want to try to do. Yeah. Uh, so like, let's talk about, uh, well, I guess we'll start out with your new single. You guys have a new single coming out, right? Yeah. Tell us a bit about it. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's called, I want you, um, it's the lead single off our EP. It's coming out later this year um it's uh we had a lot of fun recording it we recorded it welcome to 1979 in nashville nicest studio i've ever been in um produced by warren Riker, a very very accomplished producer uh he's got awards and accolades of his own um and we're, we're really proud of it it's the best sounding music that we've created so far the record sounds phenomenal, um, and yeah, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. It's just a really, really nice song. Uh, makes you feel really good. Right on. Um, so, uh, with, when you recorded it there, uh, you said it was like, you know, that, that had to have been pretty cool. What was that feeling like going in there and like recording it with, with a producer like that and at a place like that? Like, what was your first thought walking in there? Holy shit was the first thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, 79. It's uh it was kind of all in the name, really. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely nice. Yeah, it's definitely nostalgic or old-timey when you walk in. Um it felt just like I just felt like I was on vacation, honestly. Yeah. Cuz we were there. You know, we'd get there at 11 a.m. and leave at midnight. And we did that for a week straight. Um, so every day and it was, it was nice cause you walk in and you're cut off from everything. The way that studio set up, uh, it's, 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 it's just concrete on the outside, but it's, it's a house on the inside. Uh, there's, you know, 10 plus rooms. So if you need to go get away, if you have a creative idea, you can go to a room, whatever. There's pinball machines. There's a fly from the top floor to the bottom. It's stuff like that. So going in it was like it was an escape in a good way and it made us want to be productive and we were stuck in that house just the five of us and nothing to do but make music yeah um, and it was really motivating too because a lot of times and i'm sure a lot of musicians deal with this but or i guess musicians trying to make it as you would say um you still got to make money and all that. And so that requires, you know, to have other things going on in life, to make it work where you can do music all the time. So going in there all week, 
it just kind of all those all that stuff went away and we just got to worry about the band and, and that was nice instead of trying to balance everything else and you know keep everybody happy so yeah it yeah. was just i can't wait to get back in there yeah we were all kind of sad on the last day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet that had to have been a crazy experience. So how yeah. how long to the when you like guys finished off the EP? How long did it take y'all to record that like in completion? Um, we did. We were there for five days. It was five, yeah, five, five days. days of like ten hour days, and that was all the all of the tracking and everything was done by the end of five days. And from there, it was just getting mixes and stuff sent back. You know. Yeah, day one consisted of setup and getting all the tones and stuff right. Uh, and then after that, I think, so the first day was setting up and all that and getting comfortable. So day two, that morning, we came in and knocked out, we called them skeletons, but bass and drums and just tempo and all that for two of the songs just to get the meat there. And then we went back and did the overdubs. So we did two songs a day. Six songs total, so the next three days, two songs, two songs, two songs, and then that last day gave us time to touch up little things and go back to each song. Um, we had some people come in on this one. Uh, we had, uh, what, what's her name? Miss Angie. <laughs> Miss Angie. She she did some, uh, some backgrounds for us, some churchy vibes. Yeah, she's an angel. Um, layered them, and it sounds real big there. That She's on two of the tracks, and then we had a couple other buddies come in. Uh, we've got someone playing keys on one of the songs, and he may or may not be in one of our favorite bands, so <laughs> that's exciting. Oh, nice. Uh, we had some yeah. dad come in. Yeah, Cruz's dad. Percussion. That was a cool time. Oh, yeah. We brought parents up one day, you know, um, so yeah, a couple of people in the business stopped out too. It was it was good vibes all week, uh, for sure. But yeah, it was very hardworking. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting here. I'm looking behind you. I see that uh, Ryman uh, poster, and got a little rivalry wall here. Yeah, and man, like when I I I saw y'all were playing that, I was hyped for you guys, man. That's crazy playing there. How how I mean. It's a cliche, cliche question to ask how you feel about anything, but honestly, like when you guys found out you were playing that, like what what did you feel there? Because that had to have been nuts. Uh, funny the the night we found out, uh, we had just drove to Macon, Georgia. We had a show booked at the time from our manager, uh, and we get there in the room. It's probably about as Big as this bedroom I'm sitting in, maybe <laughs> maybe two of them. Not very big at all. They have a, a little bitty bar and the stage. Stage was realistically probably the size of this room. <laughs> three of these. <laughs> so we get there, and we're like, shit. And then of course, y'all haven't a lot of y'all haven't seen Cruz, but Cruz is a big guy. And we get there, and you know, they have the tiniest little fucking drum set. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, we're like, fuck this, you know. So we set up a sound check or whatever. We're like, well, we got to do it. Then we go back to the hotel to get ready. And we're all just dreading it. We're down at the bar drinking, just trying to prep for this horrendous show we're about to play. Uh, So we're at the hotel. And I think I get showered and I head down, get dressed, and I head down to the bar. And when I'm in the elevator, I get a call from a buddy of mine, Yellow Wolf. Uh, which is whose show that was. Um, yep. Well, he calls me. He's like, hey, bro, uh, what, what, do y'all know, what are y'all doing uh, November 17th? I'm like, well, probably nothing. If you yeah. got something going on, what's up? He's like, uh, would y'all want to play the rhyme? I'm like, no shit. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, of course, man. Um, so, he, you know, we talked for a minute. So I get off the phone, and I'm like, all right, perfect. So don't even go to the bar. Get back in the elevator. Go back up to the room. And I want to say, I can't remember who. I know Zach's sitting there. There's a couple of them in there. And I walk in, and I, I was like, everybody sit down. So, of course, they thought someone had died or something. Uh. I was like, we're playing the rhyme. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, vibes from then changed. And 
the worst gig of the night. We had the best Turned worst gig ever. That was the best thing yeah. ever. So it was super exciting. Uh, trying to contain our excitement was a struggle, you know, because we found out and he was like, but you got to wait till yeah, you know, till we announce it. Don't tell nobody. So it was cool. It was it's definitely still is uh, the biggest venue we've played and always we'll always be grateful for that and we'll never forget that night but yeah i mean it was just it was crazy finding out um it really you know of course we're like we made it but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord, you know, that's done and gone and you know we got to keep moving on to the next thing uh, but yeah it was great i wish you could have been there <laughs> yeah i wish i could have too um so like that's how you found out but like actually playing it man like was were there nerves involved were you just oh, amped yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I asked I asked a couple of people before that had played there before, and they're like, "Man, you basically it's like your feet never hit the ground. Mm. It's like you're floating the whole time." And I swear that's that really is the feeling. Um, and they, I also heard like when you're up there, like you you can feel the presence of all the people that have played there before, and I I can also testify to that. It's mm-hmm. really it's a heavy feeling when you're up there because um, you just get your mind flashes of all these people, Hank Williams, Elvis Presley, you know, that have been up there on that stage. And there you are on the same hardwood. Uh, it's it's surreal. Yeah, you don't – we went up there and it's like you blink and then it's over with and you're you're done. You're off there. <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's like a dream yeah yeah damn i can only imagine boys so do you guys uh how'd you get in touch with yellow wolf i guess (laughs) because that was super random when i saw that y'all were like y'all were homies but also like did he did you guys work with him at all yeah we 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 did some work and nothing released or anything so not gonna speak too much on it Yeah, yeah um but yes um well, here, I'll start. We met uh, at a whiskey jam. Uh, Jason Hollis is a mutual friend of ours. He's a producer. He he, run, he runs the eighth room in town. Uh, it used to be Douglas Corner, but so that's, that's his thing now. He's running the eighth room. It's a really cool place. Uh, but anyways, Jason, we had met with him back in the early years of Revelry after a whiskey jam that we had met him at. And for, just for reasons, we it, it just became a friendship, not a business relationship. Um, and then I let him know that we had gotten a new drummer. I was like, "Yo, we're playing Whiskey Jam this Monday. Uh, we've got I've got a new drummer now. You should come check it out." And he was like, "Hell yeah, man! I'll uh, I'll bring some friends." So Jason, um, he he ended up bringing Wolf to the Whiskey Jam show. Um, over at winners. And so we, we, we played the show and met Wolf and, uh, kind of hit it off. And then we ended up going back to Jason's house and having drinks and, you know, chatting and hitting it off. So that's how we met him initially. But then he kept in touch. Uh, and then of course the rhyming happened and all that. Um, but between that time and the rhyming was a few months. And then in that time we, He's got a, a studio over at the House of Blues. Um, so we went over there for about a week and we just we wrote some songs together and cut some demos and, you know, just kind of bonded and did all that. Uh, so one thing led to another. We He started recording. He started working on some music of his own. We started recording the EP. So those songs are also there when you asked if we did some work with them. They're also there. They're just not recorded yet. Uh, so hopefully this year, you know, we'll get that out, out to y'all. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, you know, we've all been Yellow Wolf fans, you know. I knew, I knew him in high school. Never would have thought that uh, we'd be working with him. Or anything like that, so it was cool. But yeah, it was it was kind of just a random meet that uh, ended turned to a friendship, turned to a healthy business relationship, and he's he's been good to us. He's a good mentor and all that. So yeah, yeah, right on. Um, so I get, and also I was I was wondering because I don't even know if I ever got the story uh, when you guys 
uh, got Cruz on the play drums. How did you guys get in touch with him? Because that came out of nowhere. I met Cruz. I met Cruz at Bonnaroo. I don't know how long ago. I think it was before I was even playing music, seriously. So I might have been 19 or 20. I uh, met him at Bonnaroo, and I knew that he had drums. And then when I had the falling out with Lucas, the old drummer, uh, I texted Cruz. I was like, yo, well, I had texted him in the past and asked him, and then it ended up didn't working out. We, we stayed with Lucas. And then this time I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to text Cruz again. So I texted Cruz. I was like, yo, are you, are you down to jam this time? I've got some shows coming up. I need a drummer. And he was like, yeah, for sure, man. So I fired Lucas <laughs> without ever even jamming with Cruz. And then Cruz <laughs> the next day texts me. He's like, hey, man, actually, uh, I don't think I can do these. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, you have to. All right, all right, I already fired we don't my have drummer. drummer. <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. He's like, all right, well, I get, I guess – I can do it. And it, it was kind of just a miscommunication anyways. He was still down to do it. Uh, so that led to him coming on and it just, it clicked ever since then. And he, he's, he's been there for us, but, but yeah, met him at Bonner one year and never knew that he would, we would be doing music together at all. Hmm. And just the way things work out, it's kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. And, and like, he's an insane drummer, man. Like, like you could definitely yeah. tell the difference between the two. For sure. Um, it's funny earlier you said like he's a big guy behind like he was behind a small kit that one day. And I remember I remember when y'all played uh, Live Oak when I was down there that one time and poor Cruz man. Like there he had like probably this much space to work with between yeah. the drums and the wall. And, but I mean he killed it, but it was it was yeah. just that's all I thought of when you said that. But like <laughs> I, I can't remember if he brought his own kit or he used. Surely he brought his own kit, right? I don't know how that all happened. No, no, I think it's house kit. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Cruz is like I don't, I don't know how tall he is. Maybe six four. He's, yeah, but he's just a big, 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 and we call him Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Yeah. I've uh, never seen somebody destroy so many drumsticks and cymbals as he has just in the time he's been with us. Yeah. Dude, it, it was just, it was funny because, like, when I've seen you guys live, fuck, like, I don't know, quite a few times now, just between here and Nashville. And, uh, um, yeah, seeing y'all, like, it, it was funny because, like, the night y'all played live out for, like, the rock night, whatever we called it, uh, it was like you guys played last. And, like, you know, unfortunately, people left, so it wasn't too crowded. Mm -hmm. But, man, when y'all played Tin Roof up here, and I know there's some bad blood there, if I remember correctly. He didn't, <laughs> you could touch on that if you want. But, yeah, like, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it was just because, like, I, I'm sure you guys noticed y'all tore the fucking house down there. And I have never seen, like, and I go to Tin Roof a lot. I'm a drunk bastard, so I'm up there a lot. And, uh, like, I haven't seen a band do that since you guys were there. <laughs> And it we was a, nuts. <laughs> yeah, the man. Tin, the tin roofs were fun, uh, and I would I wouldn't say bad blood at all. Uh, it was more of like, uh, what do we do? Tin roofs for two years? Like, yeah, we did, did, we did it for like two. And so doing that, and then playing these shows like the Ryman, and then recording this EP that you know, we really believe in and is really good. And then we were, we were doing that and then we were going back and playing tin roofs and it was, it felt like, you know, it was like two different, like two complete. It's kind of hard to go back so, to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So not that they were bad. It was just that we, it was time to take, take the next step. Cause mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be five years from now. still be playing tin roofs. Um, and making the same thing I was, you know, five years ago and all that. And just as like a, we needed it as a, as a band, you know, we were getting worn out. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, drive home Sunday, do it again the next weekend. I mean, it, we were making decent money, but it was just taking a lot of time. So when we were home, some was, you know, some of us are spending with our girlfriends or families or working or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. So it was like the only time devoted towards revelry was for Tenry cover gigs. Kind of 
Mm-hmm. And we're not a cover band. So that's right. kind of where we kind of broke ties. Now, me, I I book and do all that. And don't have the best memory sometimes. So there was a few shows I had to cancel <laughs> last minute and all that. So they they got pissed at us. And then, of course, like we got pissed back at them because, you know, no one likes to be in trouble. So... It, I don't know. It, it's not bad blood. It was just it was just time to turn the page. And uh, but yeah, dude, I had so much fun playing those tin roofs. There's a lot of tin roofs, a lot of uh, memories, and a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember up in Cincinnati, you coming to that sleazy motel we were staying yeah. in and shotgun beers before the show. I think it was like a Motel Eight or something. Yeah, dude, I remember that. That was that was a fun time. So it's like that. Red, that red yeah, cool. Red came and we got drunk on the porch. I think it was. <laughs> yeah after the day after <laughs> yeah, yeah man. eating the hotel lobby snacks at dinner like <laughs> yeah like yeah so it, yeah. it was fun but it was just time, time time to take it to the next level yeah so. and you can't you know can't fault you for that i don't blame you at all especially if they ain't gonna let you play covers i mean uh originals i mean so yeah we we'd sneak in a few but and now that i'm thinking about it cincinnati was the worst yeah, we would. Buy, we we always started the set with dirty because we're yeah. like it's one original. We'll get yeah. out. They can't bitch at us. They can't the first turn song. after the first song. So, right. I don't. We'd always play dirty, and then I think we played dirty, and then messed up kid by Tyler Childers, which is it's not recorded, but it's, everybody knows it's, that it's song. song. Yeah, and mid set the sound guy manager whoever the hell he was walks up and he's like, no covers. I was like, this is a cover. Yeah, no, it was cocaine and whiskey when he did that. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. It really? Was the Dirty Roses. So, yeah. shout out. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the boys. <laughs> Just because you don't know it doesn't mean it's not a cover. That dude's yeah, an so. asshole, man. I see them there all the time. He's always in a bad <laughs> mood, just ruining the vibe. Yeah. 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 On record, cool. on record, <laughs> fuck Cincy Tin Roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I might be going out there. Saturday, funny enough, hippies and cowboys are coming up uh, here on like, yeah, and they, and they put on a great show. Yeah, a lot of fun. I went up to Tender because I was bored and we were off and saw their show. It's really good. Uh, so you should, yeah, you'll have fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They spoke real highly of you guys, by the way. They were my last interview I did. And, um, yeah, yeah, they, was, yeah, it's on my to do list. It just dropped yeah. today, didn't it? Yeah, today it did. Yeah. Real sweet guys. It was uh, yeah, good guys. Uh, who was it? Aaron, Scott, and Victor. I think we couldn't get yeah. we couldn't get all nineteen of them in or however many are on yeah. it. But yeah. I think we, I think they cut numbers though. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's one of those bands that's like are they're 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 kind of doing you know they're going for the same thing mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, but that relationship with them so friendly and supportive like mm-hmm. we do a lot of shows together and like they hype us up we hype them up kind of thing so i never really think of them as competition um, yeah it doesn't feel competitive it's like family vibes so it's like you know if we, if y'all do good we do good kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah uh, but there, there's only you know and then there's the other side of the spectrum where it's like fuck them guys yeah the for band. sure yeah they're great they're going to do great. Right on. Uh, I have another question about Now I'm just thinking about tin roofs. Uh, like, so when you're on the tin roof circuit, is that, how does that work? Are you like, I don't want to call it a contract, but do you like sign up for something? It's like, all right, we're playing every tin roof up to this state and back. Or how does that work? Or do you just call them as you go? And this may, it may be different for us and other people, but the way it worked with me was they would, they would just text me. There was no contracts involved really. Um, I had to fill out tax stuff, but other than that, like nothing signed saying like have to be here and all that. It was really just, Hey, do you want to play these dates kind of thing? Um, but that, that's also with us not having a manager and mm-hmm. all, you know, we're doing everything on our own. Um, so it could be different for a more, I guess better organized <laughs> the one with the team or stuff. But yeah, my mine was just uh hey, do y'all wanna play these dates? Yeah, we'll take these weekends and that was just in my text threads, which is partially probably 
a lot of the reason why I forgot dates and all that. <laughs> it happens, so maybe so, need a manager. But, is uh, that something y'all are? I know y'all had a manager at one point. Is that something y'all are uh, like? Do you? Because some people love doing it on their own. Like they love like all right, like we could do it on our own. We're good. We don't have to pay this guy anything. Like like does. What do you guys think about that? Like having a team, is that something you guys have considered? Yeah, yeah, no. Teams are you, – you need a team. I mean, especially when things get a lot bigger, um, as long as it's worth it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I don't mind paying the 15% to a manager as long as it's worth it, you know. Um, and sometimes, you know, with the old, old manager, I didn't feel like that all the time and all that. So, you know – Man, like someone told me one time, the man, the manager needs to be better than not better, bigger than the band. I guess like mm-hmm. you can't you can't have you know a big band and a manager that doesn't really can't pull any strings and all that. So, do we want a team? Yes, but we're just looking or waiting on the right moment and for it to make sense financially and mm-hmm. yeah, all that. Um, but yeah. I think it depends on where you're at in your career as an artist too. Yeah. I think when we had our manager before, I don't think necessarily we were ready for a manager as a band. And I think that's why it kind of didn't make sense at the time was because it was like we were mostly just playing local cover gigs and stuff too. And it's like you don't necessarily need a manager for that. Yeah. It, it's something you can do on your own. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to for figure sure. out word that really. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're moving to a point where we're, you know, we're ready for stuff like that. But at the time, yeah. I think we jumped the gun a little bit and we didn't really need all that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I guess it's a, and I wouldn't know, I'm not in your guys' line of work, but I guess it, a lot of it's just a live and you learn kind of thing, right? It's the name of the game, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Absolutely. anybody ever truly has it all figured out. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, one more, yeah, one more question here, guys. Is uh, what are we looking at uh this new year? Uh, like, is there? This is another stupid cliche question, but you know why not? Uh, is there like a goal for twenty twenty four that like a specific thing y'all like this has to happen this year, or like short term, long term? Like, is there anything you guys are looking to like? We got to make this happen. Uh, I mean, I'll speak on it a little bit. I mean, as far as what to expect this year and what's next for us is going to be releasing this new music. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, it's with all of our releases, it's gone up a step in quality each time. Those first couple mm-hmm. songs we did, we recorded in, in Zach's dad's garage. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then we moved on up to studios and better producers and better studios and better songs. And uh, this record is proof positive of that. It's, uh, unlike anything that's come out before. Um, and we're really just going to focus right now on uh, making sure as many people can hear it as possible and hear yeah. the best that we have to offer so far. Absolutely. What about you, Dane? Yeah, goals. Uh, like, of course, Red just said, getting all this new music out. Um we have a bunch of new ideas coming in and stuff for new songs, so it would be nice to get the wheels turning on maybe a full length uh, before the end of the year. Um, and then, yeah, just playing, you know, playing some shows as always. Um, try not to get, like, discouraged or anything, you know, especially as, mm-hmm. like, someone booking. Um, but just... Not far. I guess my goal is to book, get us enough gigs where you know we stay sustainable and where we can keep working on all this original material, um, but not fall back to the tin roofs and all that. You know, find find yeah. different outlets. Um, so yeah, but you know, over the past six months, you know, I've made a lot of connections and you know met met a lot of people. So I have a you know I have a good feeling about this year. Um, don't really know what I want to happen or what will happen. I just know that as long as we feel it, you know, we can, we can feel it if things are going in the right direction. Um, 
I don't think a certain number of streams or a certain amount of money really you can really put on that. It's just you get if you fill it, which you know if things are working out, you always will. Um, and that that's my goal is you know by the end of the year to still feel good about this and to have this new music out and all that. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of like what my actual goals are, but I, you know I don't really have any. I just this is my goal is just to keep going. Going up. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how fast. I don't know how high. I just know I yeah. got to keep going this way. So up is my goal. That, that's the best answer. Up and uh, you yeah. never know what that's gonna look like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait for you to hear the whole EP, bro. Yeah. Dude, um, me. I'm psyched. I was so hyped when y'all said that. And then uh, also, we're on Rage Rowdy. We'll just, I guess it won't be out till next Thursday. Uh, well, next Wednesday, we're playing uh, the Winners thing. At Winners, are you? Yeah, Rage Rowdy. I didn't know stuff. that. Yeah, 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 next Wednesday. So. Yeah. Oh, God Sorry. damn, I would have fucking booked a trip to go <laughs> down there. Jesus. It's not too late, man. Yeah, it's not. You got time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, guys. But, uh, uh, guys, listen, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, this is. You guys already know how much I, I'm a big fan of y'all. You know, you guys are you guys are my buddies. I love you guys. Um, can't wait for the single. Can't wait for the EP. I, I I've been biting tooth and nail for it. I know everyone else is gonna love it too. Uh, so I guess before before we head out here, if you guys got any more plugs like socials, if you have any shows coming up, go ahead. Floor's yours. Yeah, um, of course. Socials: Instagram Revelry six one five. TikTok Revelry six one five. We're on Facebook. Uh, you know, follow us. We we need we need follows. That's you know trying to get the numbers up. Shows we've got Whiskey Jam uh, February fifteenth. That's the the night our single comes out. So we'll play and then at midnight the single comes out. Um, other local shows. Do we have anything local lined up? Uh, not super soon. Other yeah. than winners, but yeah, yeah that'll have been yesterday when you hear this. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's right. uh, it would be great if you're asking. But yeah, just uh, <laughs> stay on the lookout for new music, and I'll send you some stuff, Sam, to give I, you. I would love, I would love to hear it. Uh, but uh, guys, thanks so much for having yeah. us, bro. Yeah, anytime, by the way. Y'all ever just want to drop on and shoot the shit, let me know. I struggle we'll to up. find guests sometimes. <laughs> but, um, come on oh, down yeah. to Nashville sometime too, man. I will absolutely come make, down make here. A tri- make a trip for that Whiskey Jam show. Yeah, we're going to try. And uh, I've been talking, like, the with, now that we're winners, I think y'all are only playing, like, I think it's the third show now that we've been there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh and what we're wanting to do is kind of do like what we did before at the live, uh, except maybe a little more preparation probably and book like a just straight rock night. We got, I have more connections now that are like more than just, because a lot of the guys from last summer from Texas and that's a hall. So like, I know some more guys who are closer who can maybe, I mean, there's a band called Silly Goose. They're like, like fucking like damn near Limp Biscuit, And it's just going to be like a cool little mix match of shit. So I'll let you, you know, I'll keep you all up to date on that. But anyway, uh, guys, thanks for coming. Everyone listening, check out Revelry on their socials, uh, see their shows, all that. They're a great live band. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is. They have killer music. Also, check out Rowdy Alternative on uh, Instagram uh, and Rage Rowdy. They're on everything. Uh, RageRowdy.com is our website. So, uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you next time.